So that's Barbenheimer in the back. How do you feel after five hours um, in the cinema? Yeah, fresh. <laughs> no, no, not really. Um, been a good day though. How are you feeling? Yeah, good. I, I, um, I don't think I've ever done two films in one day. You were saying you haven't either in the cinema not anyway. In the cinema, no. Um, but but it wasn't too bad. It'd be nice if we if the seats were a bit more comfy, and we weren't in seats where we had to strain our necks for about. You know, yeah, some I even though we knew that this was coming for weeks and we've been talking about it and, and you know doing promotion for it and all kinds of stuff, we still booked last minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that says more about us than, uh, yeah. than anything else. So we'll start with Barbie. We went to see that film first, and uh, yeah. do you ha- what? What are your initial thoughts on the film? Yeah, I loved it. It, it was, was great. It was really fun. Big up Greta Gerwig. Um, and no bound back actually but yeah no um really fun really cool way of reframing like the the barbie uh brand you know it was really surprising to me i i didn't know what to expect and about 10 15 minutes in i was really concerned as to what direction it was going to go in you know after she'd woken up on the second day yeah so obviously the first day was lizzo singing over how great the the barbie land was mm. and then the second day she woke up and it didn't seem quite right, and I thought, "Is this just going to be Groundhog Day?" <laughs> but, um, but yeah, <laughs> I can <you> imagine. <laughs> yeah, another like Groundhog Day story, just but it's, it's um, Barbie and. Like, but instead, we got parallel universe. I mean, to be fair, although this was a very good uh, film, I don't want to see another parallel slash multiverse film for the rest of the year. I would probably say. Yeah, I could probably do without one next year as well. To be honest, like what we've had, we've had Mario. We've had Spider, the Spider Verse movie. Mm. Um, is that just? Well, is it, I mean, <laughs> to be just fair, two? I mean, no, well, like, you know, yeah, Flash is the set is uh, the, the new yeah. Marvel thing is obviously going to be another one of those uh, multiverse like types. Um, it's a theme coming up again and again. Like I get it, you know, with with Mario and Barbie. Like, how else do you tell a story mm. around those kind of you know with that as your uh, focus yeah without kind of like involving you know human with <laughs> the real world as well yeah, right? yeah on this occasion though it didn't necessarily take away from the film which was good no definitely not it, it felt natural yeah yeah. yeah 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 i mean what story could you tell that's just set in barbie world well i guess that's what i was worried about yeah <laughs> generally terrified that the whole film was just gonna be i don't know ken trying well i guess the whole film was ken trying to impress barbie but mm. um you know, it was done in a really interesting way. You actually, it was revealed that it was about Barbie uh, visiting the real world in the trailer. So I think this is one of the rare occasions where I've seen a trailer and you haven't. Because it's usually uh, me that doesn't watch trailers, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, th- I just didn't reach out. I just didn't bother trying. Try I'm trying to stop that as well because you want to be you know, surprised and like just engrossed in the story. Yeah. We have to do some like little bits of research to find out what would be interesting to watch. But I thought Barbie would definitely do that. I'll just leave it and yeah. and see what the film's like. So yeah, when, when Barbie, Margot Robbie woke up on the, uh, the second day, I thought, okay, this is a Groundhog Day movie. We're in for a tough <laughs> ride. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so it didn't turn out like that. Mm. <clears throat> Quick question. Go on. Um, Ryan... Goslin, yeah, uh, villain of the year for you? Absolutely <laughs> not. Nah, 
I mean, the uh, character art was pretty pretty impressive, you know. Ken yeah. obsessed with impressive Barbie. His whole world, you know, fallen flat if she turns her head to look <laughs> at someone else or something like that. Ken and Barbie travel to the real world together. And, um, I mean, I don't know how accurate this is, but then Ken realising that the world is run by men and <laughs> decided to take that back into Barbie land and take <laughs> over. I mean, I'm, I kind of really liked that. And I thought, um, now, another thing, it reminded me so much of Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai. That's, <laughs> that's really funny. That's really funny. I hadn't thought of that at all. Just the toxic masculinity, like the dated toxic masculinity just seeping through yeah, into the character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Like the 80s, like over-masculine, <laughs> like, you know, moustache. Yeah, yeah, like when she's talking to him and he's, and he's checking if his biceps are primed enough, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it made me, I didn't get the Johnny, uh, Johnny Lawrence thing at all. It made me think straight away of uh, Jay Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, or yeah, one of the Paul, fair, one of the Paul. One brothers. of them, yeah. Yeah, definitely Logan. Yeah, so I think... There's a flicker uh, of Andrew Tate in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe that's why so many people love the film. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Well, one way or another, yeah. Or the other. I could go both ways. So definitely not villain of the year for you, or well, even I mean, in the running. In terms of... No. Mm, it's a funny, like, honourable mention, but... It was good, though. I think he, he um, portrayed that character really well. Absolutely. I mean, we already know not to talk about Oppenheimer just yet, but we already know that, you know, uh, supporting actor of the year is between, in, in terms of the Oscars, is between Robert Downey Jr. and Ryan Gosling. Mm. 100%. So one of the first things I noticed in this film as well was that somehow the whole sex ed cast was in this yeah, film. Yeah, three of them. Yeah. Um, I mean, Nakuti Gatwa killed his role. Yeah. I mean, he, he kills everything. He's, I love Nakuti Gatwa. He's, he's amazing, but... Yeah, he really like he really killed this one. I think we are coming up with a, a lot of theories around kind of pessimistic pessimistic theories around how cinema works. Anything in this? The fact that Sex Ed new season comes out in less than two months. Hmm. Maybe Netflix part. You know, rubbing shoulders of Warner Bros. I mean, there there will be rubbing sh- shoulders yeah. of Warner Bros. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't, I don't see why. <clears throat> don't not, forget though. about these characters. They'll be on your. Home screens in a few months. Yeah, I mean the the two are similar in tone as well, Barbie and Sex Ed. Mm. Um, there's a light-hearted, there's a playful kind of like vibe to both. So I guess, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Mm. Um, I don't think that's necessarily cynical. Like it's not bad. Um, and the film had been in production for like two years, and they were yeah. cast a while ago. So it's not like they were swapped in last minute so they can promote both things. No, but I do imagine that Greta Gerwig or whoever, casting director, has seen Sex Ed and been like, let's get that. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Does does a film like this um, breathe life back into cinema a little bit? It's very different. There's an audience that maybe wouldn't typically go out to the cinema, to this, you know, to these kind of films. You know, we saw it today ourselves, you know. Um, people dressed up as Barbie characters and stuff like that going into there was a it few was kind of Kens cool. there was a few Kens yeah. there was a it was kind of Barbies. cool seeing people dressed up all over the city actually like a lot like I saw people all over the place like dressed up because obviously this movie came out yesterday didn't it like mm. 24 hours of release obviously the first week weekend day 
that it's out like yeah it's a big deal and I think that's really cool and it's got a lot of people excited about cinema again and you know stylistically the film is a throwback to sort of like you know the old school days of Hollywood like the traditional kind of cinematography and like uh, shooting style it's kind of Kubrick-esque in the way that like everything's every shot is like frame by frame kind of like perfectly curated and Greta Gerwig obviously the difference is she's doing it with toys she's doing it with colour she's doing it and like that's well you know what I mean she's doing it with pink she's doing it with A colour and it's um yeah that's really cool I think that's I think you're right I think it does breathe like a new life into cinema in some ways it definitely harkens back to a better time for cinema style, both stylistically and with how it approaches its audience and how it's marketed yeah for sure there's a lot of pressure on Margot Robbie um, depicting the Barbie character. How do you think she, she did? You know, stereotypical Barbie? Absolutely killed it. Margot Robbie was unreal in this, like, genuinely. It's a weird kind of acting. I don't know, I don't know if there's an uh, industry term for it or whatever, but um, body language. She moved like a doll a lot of the time. There's a scene where she sits down on the floor and, like, everything, you know, sort of arms are sort of rigid at her sides, like... And I guess she wasn't alone in that. I guess all of the uh, all of the Barbies and all of the Kens kind of acted like that. But Margot Robbie bought it out in a really believable way. I don't know, like how'd you learn to I don't know move like that. It was cool. It was really convincing that she was a Barbie doll, which I <laughs> sounds stupid, but yeah, very well. Is Margot Robbie one of the best actors of the last couple of decades or last decade? Damn, I don't know. She's been in a lot of big roles. People have looked up very favourably on a lot of the movies she's been in. Amsterdam flopped quite a lot, I think. Um, but, you know, Wolf of Wall Street. She's in fucking load. Yeah. You know, Har- Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad. In both Suicide Squads, actually. The one in 2016 and the one well, they made in 2021. Well, they kept her she was probably the only convincing character. And she's yeah. got that, like slightly deranged smile that brought both Harley Quinn and Barbie to life in a really cool in very different ways but like really yeah again just sick like got nothing nothing but good things to say about uh, Margot Robbie really and Ryan Gosling as well yeah <laughs> like, yeah and I've actually seen Ryan Gosling in too much um, and I feel like this is I could be really wrong in saying this but for a good few years this is one of his biggest you know biggest movies Maybe. I guess you could say that for both of them in a way. Um, this is definitely a standout moment for him in his career. Mm. Like, He'll be remembered forever for this. Yeah, as well as other things. But this is, yeah, this is on like, you know, the top five list of movies that you'll mention when, some, when you're talking about Ryan Gosling. Mm. And, um, and I think that's not, that's not, uh, that definitely won't ever go down as a criticism as well. This is a really solid, no, 100% solid not, film. No, 100%, absolutely not. Well, it just speaks um, to his range. Yeah, because you know, like when you think, when I think of Ryan Gosling, I think of *A Place Beyond the Pines*. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite movies. Unbelievable. Um, I think of *Drive*, which is kind of similar. I think of um, *Crazy*. Is it *Crazy Stupid Love*? With um, Steve Carell. Yeah, that's the one. And um, *The Notebook*. *The Notebook*. I think that's the one that I remember him for first. And *Barbie*. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, talk about range. Solid, yeah. Like, that's unbelievable. Also, this is the guy that, you know, like, uh, stereotypically, I guess, like, all the guys love. He's, like, the male actor that all, like, the guys have a crush on, apparently. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I fall into that category. I love Ryan Gosling. I think he's great. Um, 
but I suppose in a way like Margot Robbie and, and um, Ryan Gosling are kind of like counterparts for each other in Hollywood because everybody loves both of them mm. but in and in that way make the perfect Barbie and Ken and like I guess no two people could fit this role these roles better yeah so yeah Greta Gerwig has <clears throat> smashed this really like it's it really is decent it's really yeah. impressive yeah. it's really impressive uh, other notable performances um, well we've got one we want to talk about and that's uh, how hilarious Will Ferrell was here. yeah Will Ferrell was a real <laughs> like dark horse and I didn't really kind of think he, I knew somewhere in there that he was in this movie but like I, I for the most part forgotten I'm not really a Will Ferrell fan but he was like probably the most consistently hilarious character yeah I mean I I love people when they play corporate arseholes I really do and <laughs> he I, he just you made that kind of character so you know he's the CEO and he made that so hilarious it was you know because the, the, the funny the funniest thing about like you, you know you, your classic boardrooms and stuff like that is despite how ridiculous Will Ferrell was behaving it's never even that far away from what actually goes on you, you know you can imagine you know the top of Mattel there being loads of blokes trying to decide which yeah. <laughs> you know what they're going to do with Barbie next <laughs> you know how can we make her sexier you know that kind of thing like you can see that happening and he, and he does that so well and actually all the other like people in the boardroom you know that all the other actors in the boardroom in that film actually complimented him really well yeah 100% uh, well that actually does lead me to one minor criticism that I have um, which is still on the topic of casting but going back to the sex education cast, right? Emma Mackey was in this. Briefly. Brilliant. Fine. Nakuti Gatwa, not like, you know, not didn't have a huge amount of focus on him. Killed it. Connor Swindows. What was he there for? He answered the phones of the FBI. He took it up, all the way up, mm-hmm. to... Uh, to Will Ferrell's character, like you know, this the issue that Barbie and Ken are in the real world, and that was it. But he's on screen, he's chasing Will Ferrell around, but he basically didn't have another line of dialogue. Uh, yeah, what's he there for? Well, that's got to be an it. That's so, so that's that bring that's the cynicism in me there, you know, the with, major with, thing with like, the why, why have you cast, three, yeah, you know, a number of sex ed characters, and the, the thing was, um. That's that's a really interesting point because actually Gretel Gerwig had to refuse to cut a scene for it being not you know not uh, relevant not relevant to the story but she was you know she very, basically very passionate kept it in and it was the scene on at the bus stop um, and it was with costume designer Anne Roth who is apparently like you know a, a legend within within. Mm a legend costume designer within Hollywood and studio exec said that scene doesn't further the story so cut it out basically yeah. so maybe there's a bit of air of complacency into what's needed and, and maybe what's not because yeah he probably didn't need to be in the Present film at all <laughs> I mean this, that's an interesting point like the concept of uh, a scene further in the story and if it's and if it doesn't, it shouldn't be there. Like you hear that coming up all the time in conversations about writing. You've always got editors and producers going, that scene doesn't further the story, so cut it out, right? Mm-hmm. I completely believe in that philosophy. I completely believe in that if your scene doesn't further the story, cut it out. 
talked about it um, the other week with the idol. But consistently, I watch movies where there are scenes that just aren't relevant to the story. Like, it happens so much. Like, you know, there's a difference between movies that are successful and the good practices that, that professional writers preach. Like, it, it doesn't match up. You know, you look at what's done really well, or you look at, you know, beloved movies, and they, they are full of irrelevant tangents, scenes that don't, that don't add anything to the actual plot, but are entertaining. Meanwhile, you know, you got writers, up and coming writers cutting out, like killing their darlings is the expression, cutting out like their favorite scenes or scenes that they think are really important because, you know, for, for, the, uh, for the purposes of economy, cutting down on word count, being super efficient and streamlined with the way that you tell your story. And I do think that that's really important, but so often we see that not happening. And I kind of get frustrated now when I see scenes that just aren't, aren't relevant. Didn't bother me at all in Barbie because it like, I hesitantly say that Barbie's not that much of a story-focused movie. Mm. Of course, there is a story, but it's far more about its message. Now, this is perhaps the reason that shot I, I preferred Oppenheimer because it's way more story-focused, and I'm all, all about story. Barbie's super enjoyable, really entertaining, but it's not got the same focus on story. It's far more sort of like it's a bit of fun as a like a splasher comedy, but mostly it's kind of like social commentary. Mm. Um. So, yeah, super creative. Like, can't this it, but you know. Okay, so here's a quote: <clears throat> "Barbie populated by dozens of children whose parents didn't get the memo that the film was a self-aware commentary on the on the nature of feminism." Yeah, trust. <laughs> like, I don't. To be honest, I don't really want to have to go to the cinema on the day something comes out. Like, I know you know, obviously, uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer came out yesterday. I know it's probably like the biggest day in cinema ever. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's a claim. <laughs> what I meant to say there was the biggest day in cinema of the year. Um, but um, going on the day, like going, you know, first weekend day of release just meant that like these cinemas were rammed and there's people getting going to the bathroom every 30 seconds and there's kids everywhere in Barbie. And you're thinking, like, is like is this a story, like a fun story about a toy, or is this something else? And it, it is something else. It's more social commentary than anything else. And I don't really think there is that much for kids in it. I guess there's the kind of, like, there's light bits of humour. I guess there's the kind of um, just visuals. Like, the visual element is fun. But this is a story for... This is a movie for people that are sort of interested in that social commentary, or at least understand it. You know, it's important that kids see it for sure. But how many of them were understanding, taking mm-hmm. anything away from it? Maybe subconsciously, I don't know. So, I I have the, a feeling that at, at first I was a bit uncomfortable with there being such a heavy focus on um, on on you know gender equality, feminism. But I think if you can take away if you can take away the kind of the political uh, social elements, the scene where America Ferreira is, who who is the mum that absolutely loves Barbie, is addressing to all the Barbies um, the points around you know imperfection and you, you know the the standards that women have to kind of uh, live up to in the real world. I, I actually felt like it was maybe delivered in a way where there's going to be a lot of young 
women, maybe impressionable, impressionable women going to see that film. And it's maybe like a really good message for them to hear. Yeah. You know, because because it didn't to it didn't feel too that scene in particular didn't feel too righteous. It just felt quite passionate. And actually, maybe when you've got the pressures that social media put on young people, well, all people really, you know, the pressures to to impress and and look well, and 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 again, you know, it might have you know an impact on young men as well. But I think the demographic there's going to be a lot of young girls going to this film, and that scene in particular, I think, kind of compounded a message that actually it's okay to 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 not be perfect, and 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 I think. It, the film did battle with Margot Robbie saying a lot of things about not being pretty and beautiful and I, I at times thought that was a little bit dangerous but the, the scene in particular um, I actually thought was actually quite nice and maybe it will get through that you know that subtle well it's not subtle but that messaging might get through to a lot of people yeah, I thought the whole movie had a pretty overt feminist message. <laughs> I think we had to argue. But that was like more of a a, a light touch, like a nicer. I think that was a nice way of, because she went through so many scenarios where women, you know, are supposed to act in a certain way, and and I feel like that will probably end up relating to a lot of people. And, yeah. And actually, it was quite nice. It wasn't like, you know the fist-in-the-air militant kind of speech. Yeah, I mean, the whole movie's putting a fun, like, um, comic spin on feminism in a way that doesn't take away from the message at all. I think think the whole thing's genius, like, using the concept of Barbie as a brand, which, you know, a toy created for and by human imagination as a tool with which to explore gender issues, and ultimately the human experience, is, is genius. That's the best thing you could do with this brand, and it's a really fun way of, of reframing it as well. Because obviously Barbie, and I suppose Mantel or whatever, is Adam. Is it Mattel? Mattel, yeah, Mattel. <laughs> Mattel. Um, they've had you know some hard times over the years. They've, they've faced a lot of criticism, and rightly so, you know. But um, I think Greta Gerwig is sort of. It's it's almost like come full circle with this movie, because it's it's reframed it. It's put a new spin on it. And it's, ad- it's done it in a self-aware way. It's addressed all of the criticism. It's addressed all of the problems. It's addressed the way that Barbie, as a doll, and the brand generally has been harmful to society and to women over the years. And it's, yeah, put like a, a fun new spin on it and made a really strong mess. Well, made a really strong point. It'll be really interesting if they do release an ordinary Barbie, as suggested in the film. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you think this will actually... Well, yeah, I mean, it probably will kick kick a bit of life back into Mattel it will and I've got some some facts and figures to suggest why oh, really? um, okay. so, we, so we will go into news surrounding the film um, so Pakistan United Arab Emirates and Egypt have postponed the release as they want to review the objectable content <laughs> Jesus right which yeah. which is really interesting and, and it seems to have been all done very last minute which Obviously, it's going to create a lot of buzz around online. Um, we saw a few comments, um, you know, really hammering them about this. Vietnam has also banned the film. Um, and Vietnam has banned the film for different reasons. So Vietnam banned the film due to a scene depicting China's unilateral claim of territory in the South China Sea. No way. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> 
<laughs> you mean with the map that's the weird Barbie board? The split out? second. Yeah. You're joking. Is that real? Yeah, that that is what's happened. That that's... that is Vietnam stance. Um, <laughs> now you can tell me if this is a reach or not. But we are in the midst of a chip war, okay, a semiconductor war, and the US are trying to get you know nations to side with them and you know r- reduce China's economy. Mm. Um, and is this a is this a pl- is this a play by Not the like US Greta government? Here? <laughs> well, is it you know? Well, I said to your fair that you know I can see Joe Biden in the room. He's one of the execs. Just nah. saying, let's just make China look a little bit more imposing. Nah, <laughs> Joe Biden's not in the room. Man. <laughs> um, nah, I, I think that is a reach. I mean, I think it's crazy. Uh, not to it's convenient. Not you well, yeah, for America maybe. Not not to disrespect or like you know make light of any any of these global political situations or whatever. But I think that's a bit of an overreaction on the part of Vietnam. Like that, that the map is supposed to be reductive. Because it's the Barbie's, like the Barbie world's imagined map of the real world. You know, there's like a blob on the left and the whole thing's called America. Do you know what I mean? Like that, like, it's supposed to be a reductive map. It's supposed to be like really oversimplistic. So like, you know, everything on the right sort of in like Southeast Asia or East Asia is just China. Like, I mean, you, you could argue that's racist. I don't think that's the point. That, that, <laughs> You've that... just got a boardroom in Vietnam. They're all digging in with their popcorn. <laughs> and they're an hour and a half into this two hour movie and they go, hang on a minute. Rewind. <laughs> I thought that happened quite early to the start. But but whatever. Yeah, no, I can't get any points there. We're banning this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what did they want? They were like the map to come out, like to represent Vietnam. When the map comes out for that brief second, it's it's a joke. It's a, it's a like a comedic moment because it's you know as I say, like it's what how the Barbies imagine the real world to look like. It's supposed to be funny. Like what if if it was a detailed map with every like country and you know like border lines drawn on neatly, like it wouldn't have been funny. Like, what do you want contour lines? Like, <laughs> it's just not. It's not the same thing. Like I wonder if they had the uh, the Korean border done properly on that map. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, maybe we need to cut that out. <laughs> no fly zone over Ukraine <laughs> I don't know it just I think that's that, that's to me seems like that's the overt reason that they've banned it but it's actually about something else yeah. or maybe 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 that is it maybe they, <clears throat> maybe they are sensitive to it again not to make light of that situation so so in other news um, Chris Nolan so uh, another point we disagree on I think Chris Nolan a former Warner Bros uh, employee has been tied up in knots by Warner Bros releasing a film on the same weekend as, as Oppenheimer. You know, it's his, it's his big film. and You know, it's his first release in three years. Warner Bros disgruntled, thought, do you know what, same weekend, let's release Barbie and uh, affect his numbers a little bit. No, that's, that's what Barbenheimer is about, though. Like the, the, you know, the term Barbenheimer has been officially dubbed like it's a thing. But that's by accident. No, that's by not. buzz. That's no, not Warner Bros. Well, the word, the word. Warner Bros. Aren't in the. Go, this is what people are going to do if we do this. Well, they are though. All right, fine. Are you giving that much credit? Yeah, I'm giving my marketing teams that much credit, 100. percent Like the uh, the Malibu Barbie house that's been put on Airbnb. You saw that, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Because okay. you can go and stay in it, and wherever the hell it is, I imagine it's in Malibu. But like, you can go and stay in it now. 
is anyone actually going to probably but like that's not the the advertising there isn't that loads of people are gonna go and stay in it you can presumably only have one group at a time or whatever the avatar the advertising genius about that is that everyone's going to share it everyone's mm. going to tag their mates in it everyone's going to tell their friends just like oh, i've just told you about it yeah. like, oh have you seen that you can go and stay in that yeah now they did a similar thing with sex education they put otis otis's house the um like the family home you know the one in the valley overlooking the river they have breakfast on the balcony every morning like that's on airbnb as well same thing and they did the same oh. like they, they did the same wherever it is north wales or something exactly the same situation like it's not about actually getting you know people to go and stay and yeah. earning money that way it's about that that image going around on social media and yeah. that in itself is is an advert for the movie well the the image I, i'm going to remember is uh, an atomic bomb dropping on the house exactly <laughs> yeah exactly so then you've got this so then this is taking it a step further with like a bit of play between the two marketing yeah. departments i'm sure they're in the same room I'm yeah, sure that the people behind Oppenheimer uh, and the people and the people behind the marketing for Barbie are liaising with each other. Yeah. They're going, yeah, we're going to drop drop this advert on this day. What? How are you going to? Do you know what I mean? They like got the WhatsApp messages. Yeah, going yeah, on. yeah. They're in a group chat and they're talking because the whole like it's Barbenheimer. Everyone's done the double feature. Yeah, all right, fine. Someone just basically one movie, but I think you know, like we don't talk about one without the other. Mm. We're literally like, well, we've just seen both. They're synonymous. And it's because they've been released on the same day. Now, whether originally that was a, that was because Warner Bros. were trying to get under the skin of Chris Nolan because of some previous beef, I don't know. Like, what capacity did Chris Nolan work for them in? I'm not sure. I'll have a quick look. Well, whether it was you know originally to piss him off, I don't know. But it's not how it's turned out. You know, like it's this has done nothing but good things for both movies. And, all right, yeah, fine. Barbie's like absolutely smoked Oppenheimer in the box office, or at least it has so far. But it's not really about the competition. Like ultimately, both movies win, and cinema wins. That's what's cool about this. That's why this is such a big day for cinema this year. So they had uh, they fell out over Tenet. <laughs> really? Um, they had a, yeah, they had a public falling out because Christopher Nolan um, heavily criticised the HBO Max streaming service, and uh, yeah, Warner Bros. really didn't like that, so we took. He's taken Oppenheimer and, and gone elsewhere with it. <clears throat> Apparently they want him back in the family, though. Um, <laughs> he had been working with them since 2002, so quite a, quite a long relationship. But I just want to pick up on a point you made, um, just, you know, off the cuff, that Barbie has smashed Oppenheimer in the box office. So it's, it's set to double what uh, Oppenheimer's done. So Barbie's set to do $150 million this wow. weekend. And Oppenheim is set to do $75 million this weekend. Any wow. Is that surprising to you? No, not really. I think Barbie has a bit of a broader audience. Like, as we say, like, there was tons of kids at uh, Barbie. It's sort of a family-friendly thing. It's, yeah, like, I think it, it appeals to a lot more people. It's a lot more accessible. Mm. Not everybody's interested in a historical sort of biopic about somebody maybe they don't know anything about, like... I feel like Oppenheimer and maybe Chris Nolan movies generally you either rush to see it or it's one you catch like years later on some streaming platform you know yeah and it, yeah you're kind of only excited about it after you watch it unless yeah. you're already interested mm. everybody knows what Barbie is but it's more accessible it's got a broader audience so I'm not surprised however Oppenheimer cost what 100 mil to produce yeah and what did Barbie cost 
Because you told me off air a bit. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's actually going to make a billion, they think. Ah, I was going to say, no way did Barbie cost a billion dollars to make. That's insane. Uh, actually, $145 million. Wow. So, so still more than Oppenheimer. By almost half. Surprising. So, I guess not, actually. Like the, the amount put into set and costume design and effects in, in Barbie was kind of staggering. Well, I mean, like they built logistically, a yeah, I mean, like logistically <laughs> and, and you know, sort of technically, it's such an achievement. Um, and, and, and that actually brings us on to, um, well, my final point anyway. So, we mentioned earlier that Mattel has come under a lot of criticism in the past, and um. Some some of my research so actually found I found out that 2014 Barbie sales were at an all time 25 year low, yeah. and so that you know they've been in a lot of trouble. Um, but in 2018, a new CEO CEO came in called Yanon Yanon Cries. Okay. Okay, and that individual created the Mattel Films division. Okay. In 2018, which currently has another 14 films in development. Do you have any ideas what those other films might be? Are they? I I've mean, got a few. I've got a, f- a do, few. Do names. you know some of them? Yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking there's going to be a Barbie two, and it's going to be called Ken. Yeah, maybe. But so, so I'm talking about other toys. Oh, okay. okay. Right. No, I don't know. They're Barbie. So big. Um, Big toys that Mattel have. Hot Wheels. Yeah, that's so could coming. be seeing yeah, Hot Wheels that's film. Hundred percent. Um, Although they've already done cars and it was and it was amazing. You know, they the make Minecraft toys, right. which could be quite big. Yeah. And Tom, I knew, I, I'm, I'm sure I've had this. Thomas and Friends. Thomas the Tank Engine. Okay. So we've yeah, got some fair. of that coming as well. Fair. I mean, I don't. If I each doubt one any makes will, a billion, you know. I doubt any of them. I doubt any of them will make a billion. Barbie, okay, but you, ha- you haven't got the scope for social commentary with Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, well, maybe <laughs> <laughs> you've already had uh, you've already had Thomas the Tank Engine get a lot of focus in Bullet Train. Really? I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. And Hot Wheels, you know, Hot Wheels is a massive thing for. But you haven't got the scope for the first uh, yeah. the, the points about feminism that Barbie does so well. Yeah. You haven't got the social commentary in the same way. You haven't got like the sort of the history of the brand that's so ingrained with sort of like society and public knowledge. Um, so I just don't think any of them will be as successful. They all to me sound like genuine kids' movies. Mm. As I sort of alluded to earlier, this isn't a kids' movie. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not about or well, it is about toy, but you know what I mean? Like it's not just about like kids' dolls, it's about the effect that this brand had yeah. on society and how we can reframe that. Yeah. Uh, well, I think when Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice were, were on the Barbie yeah. track, you could probably tell it wasn't going to be rated for you. <laughs> for Universal. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, so you think there's going to be a Barbie too? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I hope there isn't. I really like that this movie is like a standalone. I mean, one of the things that makes it um, kind of like a, a, a throwback to the old days of cinema is that it's a standalone piece mm. like leave it on its own do a Barbie yeah. movie and just move on that's not going to happen no, of course it isn't uh, and that's, yeah. what, would, what would you want it to be if, it, if, if you could pick anything I don't want one flat out it's going to be it's going to be Margot Robbie in Santa Monica building her life isn't it no I don't think it will no I don't think it will no? No, no definitely it wouldn't be like a straight up sequel 
I can see them doing something focusing around Ken and like going further. Ken okay. on his own. I can definitely see that happening actually. But I don't I don't want it. I don't yeah. I'm not interested at all. Like this movie was great as it is. Yeah. <clears throat> well enjoy that for now, bottle it up. Because give it two years. Yeah. Barbie two is on its way. So critics and the people loved this film mm. so far. Um I look at Metascore quite a lot in terms of the way the films way films are ranked, Metascores on IMDB along with you know, just public votes. Got seven point seven from the public and uh an eighty from critics. Wow. Yeah, so, that's deserved I think. Yeah. From both. Yeah. Um I would say a surprisingly good film for me. Yeah, I d I don't know, I think it was about as good as I, I was expecting this to be pretty good. Yeah. And it was. I was happy, yeah. However, it was like, you know, a lollipop before the roast dinner that Oppenheimer was later on. <laughs> <laughs> Sit tight, people. Part two coming. <laughs>